0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of this show, Chris Bailey. This is episode number 30, the best productivity books.
1: Wow, you didn't even need to re record or
0: anything. Yeah, one shot. Let's say this podcast will do no edits, will do no tune-ups, nothing like that. Just like what is happening in this room, we'll put out in the podcast feed. What do you think about that?
1: Sure. I think it's just a miracle you got this app to work so Yeah, that we didn't have to fiddle with mics a hundred well, I've, I've been
0: taking a course on, uh, what is it, Coursera or Skillshare?
1: Skillshare! Yeah,
0: this is an awesome time to take yeah. courses. Uh, so th- I'm taking three right now in case folks are interested. Um, one is on model thinking, uh, which if you just search Skillshare model thinking, I think it'll it'll come right up. Mm-hmm. Uh, another is um, David Sparks, a friend of mine. He's a co-host of a podcast called Power users, uh, he has a, a, a photos field guide. So if you're in the Apple ecosystem, it's a great opportunity to learn more about the apps, and also one on Logic, which is how we use to record the show. But yeah. uh, if you are you taking courses right now, I forget.
1: Yeah, I am. So I just took. Well, I finished the one on information design, which was really really cool on Skillshare as, as well. Yeah. Um, I also took a couple on Udemy uh, that were really yeah. great, and I'm now taking one on like maps in this very specific app um, and how to use this tool called processing. So that'll be fun. And I'm also taking, because I'm finding I'm spending so much time like on a computer and looking at screens, I'm also taking one on how to design like, um, what's it called? Patterns for clothes. So I can, because I can sew and I've been able to sew forever, um, but I've never been able to make my own patterns. And this is a good like analog hobby for me to get into.
0: uh potpourri of of different courses it's, it's an assortment yeah. they say
1: i mean you can only spend so much time on data and yeah. like coding and stuff and <laughs> and on zoom calls good god i hadn't realized how much time i was spending in like seminars and meetings and stuff to get off of a computer yeah and now having so much time on a computer is really it's tiring my eyes and my body <laughs> So
0: I, I think there was a certain time uh, like a, a few months ago maybe uh, further back than that, where I got a bit overconfident in, in what I knew and thought, oh, I don't need to learn any more about, you know, what, whatever, model thinking. But then I read uh, that Bill Gates does a lot of these online courses. Uh, we're not sponsored by any of these online courses company, but if you do find yourself with a bit of extra time, I know everybody yeah. is in a different situation right now. They're They're fun to look at and whatever you could possibly want to learn there's a course about it. Yeah. Any any use of any application, it's out there.
1: Yeah, it's between you and me and Skillshare. I've been able to find pretty much everything I want, and they're they're good because things like Coursera and Udacity are sometimes a little bit longer and a little bit yeah. more involved. So if you want to have like a four hour course instead of like a three month course, yeah. Um, but if you want to go really deep in stuff, yeah, the Udacity and Coursera seem to be really good for that.
0: So. On today's episode of Becoming Better, uh, we're talking about productivity books with, that, that we've read and known and loved. And, and there's some books that are worth reading again and again. Uh, you know, the thing about productivity books, I don't know if you've read too many business books before, but some, oh of, them are, some of them are loaded <laughs> with anecdotes and, oh, a lot of fluff.
1: Yeah, lots of fluff. Um... Just your your voice when you said business is just business <laughs> books gives you chills books but,
0: about success and uh, oh. uh, self help
1: yeah that's why I don't I don't read a lot uh, I mean if you go into I don't read a lot of business books yeah. just because a lot of them are kind of fluffy but I think when you go into when we talk about productivity books I think especially because I have you on site all the time You're <laughs> such a great resource to have in house um, I can uh, you tend to give me all the best recommendations so and you know also really interesting people so
0: yeah if a mm. few of whom have been on this podcast yeah
1: so we kind of put together a list of like 25 books for kind of a short list of our favorite productivity books
0: yeah and that I, we have now po- whittle down yeah, to so. 10 live on the air live to tape
1: <laughs> yeah should I go first
0: yeah, you get the the okay. first pick. Uh, so yeah, so I, I guess like it's worth saying that in mentioning these, we'll we'll pick apart how to determine whether they're for you in, in talking about uh, what what the book covers. And so you know, you probably don't have to order all ten things on this list. You probably have read a few of these things, but uh, but we hope to give you a little overview of of what you'll get from the book, uh, so you can tell if it's right for you. Yeah. You're going to take my I am. my all-time favorite pick, aren't you? I
1: am, because I it's just kind of the obvious first pick if you're doing a productivity book list. And I think this is really well-timed because people might have more time on their hands, and I know a lot of people in my circle have been reading a lot more uh, just because they have more time. Yeah. So this is not going in any particular order, but the first one I'm going to pick is uh, the Productivity Project. Nope. <laughs> no, no, I'm kidding. Uh, that Didn't
0: would- we give people a self-promotion guarantee? <laughs> Many episodes back.
1: Well, I'm not promoting myself. I'm promoting no, you. No, you're
0: promoting me. <laughs> no, we, okay. we can't well, do
1: I Well, I, I'm going to just be a biased wife for a second and say my favorite books are your books.
0: Well, only because I wrote them. <laughs> no,
1: honestly, I, I actually do really love your books. But in the interest of the podcast, I will talk about books that you did not write. So yeah. I will start with...
0: No no host written book guarantee.
1: I did the data analysis for one of them. Mm on this list. We will see if it makes the, I didn't (laughs) no, but that's my first pick. So getting things done is my first pick. It's by David Allen. Um, Probably most people on this podcast or who have listened to this podcast have heard of this book. Probably most people have heard of this book because it has a bit of a cult following. Uh, It's, like so many apps out there are designed with the GTD principles in mind. <laughs> yeah. um, it, it's just a big deal. And I think it kind of revolutionized like the way people think about work and, and people just really love this system, right? So in case you haven't heard of it, in the book, David proposes that your, ide- your head is basically a place for having ideas, not holding ideas, which mm. is something I know you say all the time. Um, and if, if you have a system for recording and then organizing and like coming up with your next steps based on all these ideas that you have, then your idea, your brain can think more clearly, right? Yeah. Like you can think clearly because you have a system to get the ideas out of your head. Because there's
0: no useless stuff in your head.
1: Exactly. So I'm just going to go with this one first because we can get it out of the way because it's a big get deal. Get it out of the way. <laughs> I mean, this is not my favorite <laughs> book ever written. I think it's insanely helpful. It took me a long time to finally finish it, but um, I do think it's like it's a classic, right? So you you have to mention it on any of these lists because it's just so it's so like fundamental to the way a lot of the other books have been written since. So I think it's such a big deal, and it it is insanely effective. I mean, I use the system now too. So
0: yeah, and and what a, a common theme is of I think a lot of the books we'll pick is that they aren't just kind of tactical, but they change the way you think about your work. And this is why, you know, I know Arden stole this from me on purpose, this pick. Because you Uh, love this book. (laughs) I, I love this book. It's the first productivity book I've ever read. And the reason I think it sticks with so many people is it changes the way you think about your work and what you have to get done. Suddenly you're not swimming in a pool of, to-do items they're in a system that you trust and we should say a uh, friend of the show David Allen he was on yeah. episode number three uh, called how to clear your mind and he also has a new book out that's kind of a a cousin of getting things done uh, called the getting things done workbook that has a few kind of interactive exercises if you've read it long ago uh, and maybe you want uh, to, to get your hands dirty with this system again
1: yeah so, great. And I think he recommends like reread it after 6 months. And it's yeah. actually out on my list of things to once I finish the book I'm currently reading, I'm going to reread this book because huh. it's been about a year since I read it the first time in in depth, I guess a little bit more. But yeah, so I think I'll reread it.
0: Cool. Mm-hmm. First pick in yeah. the bag. Second pick for me uh is Lynchpin by Seth Godin. Yeah, you've um, been
1: trying to get me to read this for yeah. uh, 8 years now.
0: It took me about uh <laughs> Man, five years uh, to convince you to read Getting Things Done and it's taking another five to get you to read Linchpin. But I, I remember reading Lynchpin years uh, upon years ago and having it transform the way I thought about my life. Um, and it, it's, it's a very good companion to another book that maybe we'll get to on the list called Mindset by Carol Dweck. Um, but the book is about how we can become indispensable in our work, how we can uh, differentiate ourselves, how we can stand out, regardless of whom we work for. You know, how we can stand out, whether it's to an audience, whether it's to our colleagues, our coworkers, and it, it really digs into how the conditions that underline how we work moving from factory type work to knowledge-based work, how that's changed over time too, which is absolutely uh, fascinating. It's, it's a wonderful overview of all all of that stuff. Um, and, and so, you know, getting things done, it's a system, it's a way of thinking about your work. And this is also a, a way of stepping back, this book, Lynchpin, seeing your work from a higher perspective and thinking, oh, okay, this is the difference that I can make.
1: Yeah. All right. You sold me. I will add that after I finish getting things done again, I'll read Lynchpin. Beautiful. So I guess my next pick will be, oh, yes, definitely. I Know How She Does It by Laura Vanderkam. Oh,
0: Laura's, which- Laura's probably my favorite productivity expert. Yeah, Sorry to all the other experts who <laughs> listen to the podcast, but Laura's probably my favorite.
1: Yeah, Laura's just, uh, her work is incredible. I mean, I read I Know How She Does It when I was in my undergrad. So it's been wow. a little while and it's really stuck with me. And I think all of her books are just, the the whole idea of how people perceive their time and manage their time really resonates with me and especially the way she writes about it. So if you haven't read I know how she does it, I uh, highly recommend it. She Laura really she basically looks at the time diaries of women who make over $100,000 a year. Um and looks at how they use their time. So what she finds is that I mean you might the, and I think the the book is in response to the book I know I don't know how she does it, right? Um which is about I Actually, I haven't read the book, but I've seen the movie and it talks about how this, this woman is just very frantic and is trying to balance like a family and, and work. Yeah. Um, and Laura's response to this is actually like if you look at women who are really successful in their careers, they you find that they're more likely to sleep more, work out more regularly, have really rich interpersonal relationships and just generally... Make time for things that add value to their lives. Which yeah, that is, was
0: one of the the more surprising lessons from that book. Yeah, is how much sleep people got.
1: Yeah, and and also how like they perceive their work more realistically. Like they're yeah. not overestimating how much they work by twenty to thirty hours a week. So they just <laughs> their sense of how they use their time just feels less frenzied. In, in the way I think about it, yeah, um,
0: it's kind of like there's this whole hustle culture out there, which I personally can't really stand because, (laughs) you know, if you listen to the last episode... I'm a fan of laziness and I, (laughs) you know, Arden isn't as much of a fan of laziness, but, uh, but it's, it's kind of, it it supports the idea that we don't have to spend our time frantically every day. We don't have to like just over schedule everything and, you know, just kind of hustle more out of every moment and basically hustle ourselves into an early grave. Instead, there's this more uh, fulfilling life that she talks about that's accessible to in, in that book's case working uh, mothers yeah
1: well and, and i think the word you're looking for is balanced right i think mm. what she really finds is that being so successful in your career doesn't mean you can't have balance in your in your overall life and i, yeah. I, I love the way she writes about this but and i, I mean i think i want to preface like just comment that it, the book focuses on women and it's called i know how she does it which would make it seem like it's only relevant to women but it really isn't i think the principles in the book and the idea of like Thinking about your time and, and the balance of your time is general to anybody. So yeah. anybody could pick this up.
0: Oh, for sure. I picked yeah. this up and I got a ton of...
1: Yeah, Laura's um,
0: books are just great. One of the most fascinating parts that I got from this too is you know these, these successful women that she profiles in the book, they get a lot of sleep, what they don't do watch a lot of TV. Yeah. <laughs> they, they get <laughs> a, a, a fraction of the, the TV consumption that the average American uh, or Canadian, for our matter, does. Uh, so and
1: She does. She was on the show because we love Laura. Yeah. Um, she was on an episode, if you're curious in learning or listening to the interview you did with her, it's episode eight called yeah. Tracking Your Time.
0: She, yeah, good friend of the show, friend of the podcast. Yeah. Uh, while we're on this Laura Vanderkam kick, it, w- it would be uh, remiss of me to not mention Off the Clock That'll be my yeah. next pick in the nice. draft. Um, you know, the, the big thing that I took from this, so she studies how, uh, you know, the most successful people using data... By the way, she doesn't just philosophize about how people are spending their days. She looks at actual time logs and, and off the clock is another uh, instance of that. So that one of the big things I got from this book is how much work uh, things like having fun and developing friendships, uh, deeper relationships take. These things don't come easy and, and what... Um, what what the most rewarding lives uh, what, what what they contain um, is this work that precedes uh, deeper friendships and so we have to work for everything that we find good and meaningful and and that had and it's written in a beautiful way too uh, I I love her writing style and that's another good example of that
1: yeah and I think this is very much relates to the other one that we talked about and all of her work I think in general just the idea of building this balance doesn't just come like people yeah. who these women in, in I know how she doesn't don't just make a hundred thousand dollars a year and <laughs> naturally fall into these sleep patterns. Right? Whoops! You, I accidentally
0: yeah. got eight hours yeah. and made a hundred grand and
1: have a wonderful <laughs> personal life. No, <laughs> this doesn't just happen, right? You have to actively work for cultivating that kind of balance. Um And off the clock really shows like how that can be done.
0: Number five.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Another one that we actually had him on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to go with Deep Work. And this is by Cal Newport.
0: Friend of the show.
1: Yeah. So I actually just reread this book when the quarantine yeah. began because my brother, he was reading it and he was talking about it and mentioned some stuff that I just didn't remember from yeah. it the first time. Um, and I think the first time I read it, it was as an audio book. think I think there's something with the way people read audiobooks. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just an anomaly. But when I read audiobooks, I don't think I internalize them as deeply. So when my brother was talking about it, I realized, oh man, there was a lot of stuff I did not Just pick washed up. over me. Yeah, it just did yeah. not resonate with me. So I reread it at the beginning of quarantine. And I think Cal makes a really compelling case for why and how we should structure our work and our days to be able to more capably tackle the difficult and important work in our lives. Mm, And I think I finished this book just feeling very motivated to do like the complex stuff in my day and never look <laughs> at email again. I yeah. think the way he writes is just so motivating. Like he makes such a good argument for why we should want to do these things that yeah. it's just a really good book to and to reread. I mean, I've read it twice now, and I think it's it's one of those books that I'll go back to.
0: It stands out. Re- yeah. and, yeah, and, and one of the great things about Deep Work is it covers that philosophy of how we should be thinking about knowledge work. Where mm-hmm. deep work is really what we need to uh, learn that that's a skill that we need to develop in order to be able to become more productive in the first place
1: yeah that was that was one of the big things I took from the book is that the ability to really dive deep into the work that you're doing doesn't just happen right yeah like just like having eight <laughs> hours of sleep every night doesn't just happen like you have to work to be able to have that skill. Um, that was something I really, I think, really resonated with me after the book. And if you're interested, he was on the show. Yeah, he was actually our first episode. Wow, you interviewed him in episode one, um, called "Should You Become a Digital Minimalist?" And that was actually talking more on his other book, "Digital Minimalism," which we also loved and is on this long list of ours. Yeah, um, maybe it'll be a pick, but it's uh, <laughs> it's also a really good read. So
0: yeah, mm-hmm. if uh, by the way, if if you're listening and you think, oh, you haven't had so and so on the show, uh, we we you should really in- invite her or him or whomever. Uh, send us an email: chris at alifeofproductivity.com or arden at alifeofproductivity dot com, and we'll get them. We'll get him on the podcast. Number six: the upside of stress. One, one uh, another one of my favorite productivity authors is Kelly McGonigal. She's written The Willpower Instinct, uh, The Upside of Stress, The Joy of Movement, which I'm reading now, and. Maybe she's a, a name that we'll, we'll have to get Ooh. on the show or try to get on the show. She's probably a, a busy lady, one of these women who uh, has it all that makes over 100000 a year that Laura likes to profile. But uh, The Upside of Stress, it's, it's a book that changed how I thought about stress. And so, you know, we think of the word stress and we think, oh, stress. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's not a good thing. Um, but it, it, she really digs into how we respond to stress as well as the stressors that we have in our lives in the first place and how there are actually more productive responses to stress. And so the traditional ones, you know, fight, flight, or freeze, but there are others too. You know, one, one that comes to mind from the book is uh, tend and be friends. So some people, you know, you see this around Uh, when people lose a family member there are the family members that try to connect everybody and they have a response and that's a much more productive way of dealing with that stressful situation and so she covers different coping mechanisms for acute stress for chronic stress that we should eliminate but it's also just a great overview of what stress is and how we can use it to our advantage because if it weren't for the stress in our life we wouldn't get out of bed in the morning. We need a bit of stress um, in our lives, but we also need to be able to manage the stress that we do have well and better.
1: I actually haven't read that book, so I'll have to add that have to I my list Have I convinced
0: you to read the book or no?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you're laying out the reading list for the rest of the year for me. Yeah, because
0: um, so- it takes you forever to get through productivity books. You read, read yeah. uh, fiction like like it's going um, I think it depends style.
1: on the nonfiction book I, There's I think one on the list that I want to pull up uh, Actually I'll do it now Yeah so How Not to Die
0: Oh. Um
1: which is one of those books. I think books that are more along like these lines, these like wellness books. I think I read a little bit quicker. Um mm. just cuz I think they're what I'm more naturally interested in. But yeah. I think so this is by How Not Today is by Michael Greger, whom I absolutely love. Friend have, of the show. Friend of the show. I've, I keep picking these ones. Um but I have I actually I saw him speak live at, at VegFest in Toronto a couple of years ago and he's just great. What is
0: VegFest?
1: It's like a festival for people Uh, who eat plant-based.
0: Oh, man. (laughs) Is it just a bunch of people walking around telling each other that they eat plant-based?
1: Oh, no, 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 no. For somebody who has lived with a vegetarian for (laughs) almost eight years. And
0: is one most of the time. (laughs) and is
1: one. That's a little mean. But um, no, I think Michael Greger is just amazing. And I've been following his work forever, but his book, How Not to Die, is just an amazing, amazing read. And I know so many yeah. people who've read this book and have completely revamped how they eat and how they think about food. Um, and so if you haven't heard of the book, um, it basically goes through the 10 most common causes of death in the United States and does a really, really deep review of all of the evidence and scientific evidence, the good scientific evidence. He's very clear on what he yes. qualifies as good good <laughs> evidence, which is really impressive um, and basically figures out what dietary factors contribute to all of these causes. So um, it's just amazing. And spoiler alert, if you don't want to know the end um, of a fic- of a nonfiction book, the the finding is that eating a plant-based diet is like scientifically shown to be the best proven way of avoiding some of the biggest causes of death mm-hmm. through your diet, right? Obviously that's not 100% effective, but I, I mean it's just if you want to eat more intentionally, um, it's just a really compelling argument for what you should eat. Yeah, um, and this is I think this is more of a wellness book than a productivity book but well
0: I, I, I really disagree. you know the the best productivity books allow us to earn back time. And if this book extends your life by five, 10, 20 years, yeah, is there a better productivity book?
1: I don't think so. I don't think so. I, and I wrote also-
0: a, I wrote a thing a while back on how this is probably one of the best productivity books ever written. Mm-hmm. Because it allows you to earn back so much time, not on a day to day basis, but on a general basis. Well,
1: even on a day to day basis, I know like if you take care of yourself through the way you eat or the way you sleep, I know um, Why We Sleep is another book in this kind of genre that comes to mind. Yeah. Um, these honorable are mention, that perhaps. Can, yeah, honorable mention. Uh, they can really impact your day to day life just as much. I mean, I know when I stopped eating meat and like ate much more plant based and cut out a lot of like. Processed carbohydrates and stuff. Um, my asthma like pretty much disappeared, which mm. was amazing. Which um, is an
0: inflammatory, which is disease, an inflammatory a lot of disease. The time.
1: Um, so anyway, just a side note there. Um, but these like that dramatically improved my well being and my ability to do stuff every day. So yeah, yeah,
0: beautiful. Yeah, uh, episode number nineteen. If you want to dig oh, yeah. into that conversation with Michael Greger, uh, that's called losing weight through science.
1: Because his other book is how not to diet. Clever, right?
0: Oh, yeah, and he he has a new one out too uh, called How to Survive a Pandemic. Uh,
1: nine hundred pages. It came out what? No, like it's, it's a month uh, after. Five
0: hundred pages. Oh, I
1: thought it was nine hundred. Yeah,
0: that was what was originally <laughs> listed. But I, 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 I maybe I was, that's
1: ebook pages.
0: Perhaps. Uh, yeah, I was fortunate enough to receive an early copy, and it's really really good
1: and it came Uh, out like a month after the pandemic really well not started but took over in North America
0: yeah incredible and and, uh, it does good work a great read that's very topical that isn't necessarily productivity related but uh, (laughs) but that's a good read nonetheless he can spend a lot of time on Michael Greger's books because they're very comprehensive and thorough
1: and Uh, his videos but
0: they're all worthwhile yeah nutritionfacts.org is where you can find his videos too what number are we on? are we on uh, number 8 right? Okay, number eight.
1: No, nope, number. Uh, yeah, number eight. Sorry,
0: number eight. Okay, I'm gonna pick Atomic Habits by uh, James Clear, friend of the show. Uh, he was on. He was on the episode right before, <laughs> right before Michael Greger, uh, episode 18, forming strong habits. There, there are quite a few books about habits. It's a very. It, it's a. It's a topic that people love to dig into, uh, but uh, th- this is one of the. Best one, probably the best books on on habits that I've uh, found. Uh, Probably a very close first. Uh, to, to uh, The Power of Habit by Charles Duhigg. Yeah. So if you're looking to pick up one book about habits, you've probably seen this book everywhere. It sold millions of copies.
1: And it kind of um, picks up where The Power of Habit left off. So exactly. it gives a summary of The Power of Habit, but then adds a whole bunch of stuff.
0: So, yeah. so I think it, it's a good place to start. It's probably the most thorough book on habits uh, available. And it digs into the psychology of habits too. So uh, everything from how we can make habits a part of our, our identity, so how we... Uh, think about ourselves, but but also just part of part of our days and structuring our days around the habits. Um, it, it's a great overview, great read, easy read, great book, uh, yeah. very easy recommendation too.
1: Yep, for sure.
0: Number nine going to you.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go with Rapt, which oh. is a book I read
0: maybe is that about before. Rapping?
1: Yeah, <laughs> no, it's R A P T mm-hmm. by.
0: Winifred Gallagher
1: Winifred Gallagher yeah. I can never remember how to pronounce I that. Think. I think that's how you pronounce <laughs> it um she's she, this book I think I read before I'd even met you if not before you like right around when I started dating you so this is an old book in my in my memory but it it's something that has stuck out with me for almost eight years now so it's it's definitely resonated with me um, but it's a really clear guide for outlining how you choose what to focus on and how to direct your attention. So, and how that affects your experiences. I think that's yeah. the really interesting piece is how what you attend to in every present moment affects how you relate to your day-to-day experience. And and it gives you advice on how you can uh, take this into account to really improve your well-being and productivity. Yeah. Um it has a ton of practical tips on how to get better at being present in your life and work too. So, yeah. I think it's just that idea at the time was really new to me and it really mm. stuck with me. Um, and it's obviously something you and I have talked about a lot since.
0: Yeah, that that's what I love about the book is it doesn't just focus on, okay, here's how to focus. It focuses on overall well-being as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think she wrote this when she was going through um, treatment for cancer or ha- after wow. like in re- reflecting on her, her process through that. So it's just a really, really good book.
0: Yeah. Number ten, right? This final, is the tenth, final pick uh, for the podcast. All right, hmm. make it count. Let's see here. <laughs> I'm gonna pick uh, Chris Bailey. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, oh, so there's a no. book called, called "Mindset" by Carol Dweck that is probably good, good choice. Good yeah, choice. it's it's a it's a fantastic. Uh, read and it 's about you may may have heard of the term growth mindset. people might be very familiar with this book i from, from what i i recall it's it was quite the big book uh, but it 's essentially about how a growth mindset this ability to see ourselves as somebody who is who's not static but we 're capable of completely changing who we are in the direction that we live our lives and uh, how that is one of the most uh important contributors to Our growth as a person, to how happy we are, uh, to how we perceive our situation, to how, uh, you know, not a fan of the word, but how successful we are in life because we don't see ourselves as stuck. We see ourselves as being somewhere that we can then improve from. And it kind of cuts to the core of what this very podcast is about. It's about becoming better, but also realizing that we can become better Mm -hmm. and that we don't have to stay Uh, The Way We Are.
1: Nice. I like that. I I read this too quite a long time ago, Um, but I think it's about time that I reread it.
0: Yeah. These are all kind of reads that stick with you, aren't they?
1: Yeah, for sure. Any
0: honorable mentions that you'd uh, throw in the list here? I think The Power of Habit.
1: Oh yeah, definitely The Power of Habit. That's an
0: honorable mention. Um, 168
1: Um, Hours would be really good.
0: Another Laura Vanderkam book. It's
1: the one, the Eat That Frog.
0: Eat That Frog, Brian Tracy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good book. Great, uh, great recommendations. Uh, Why We Sleep. Why We Sleep Just a really
1: interesting... I think it's Matthew... Matthew
0: Walker. Yeah. And anything by Adam Grant as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, He doesn't really necessarily fit into the productivity genre per se, though he writes a lot about those topics. Uh, But originals and Give and Take, both uh, incredible books. So there's your reading list. For, uh, for for the quarantine. Next, for the next year. <laughs> if, you're, if you're looking to dig into a book or two, those are those are some good ones to start. Nice. All right. So, finishing up, becomingbettershow.com is where you can find the corresponding blog article for this episode. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays.
1: Happy reading.